0: Listen. We are going to continue our uh, our series. In fact, we're, we're wrapping things up today, and um, a little bit uh, a little, little bit sad that we're we're wrapping up the series we started a few weeks ago, entitled "Father, Son, and the Other One." It's a series that we started because we believe that it is very important for us to clarify both the person and work of Holy Spirit. And so, we're wrapping up the uh, the series today. And we're, we're asking the question, does he baptize? Does, does he baptize, Holy Spirit baptize? And so we're going to talk about baptism today, and uh, we're going to get into that in just a moment. Um, but we've been learning uh, about the person of Holy Spirit during that first message. If you weren't with us, we talked about how Holy Spirit is our helper, how he's our friend, and he's not weird, and he's our God. And we also talked about how Holy Spirit is a person and how important it is for us to see him as a person. Because if we don't, we won't develop a personal relationship with him. In fact, not only is he a person, but he's the most important person on earth today. And nobody loves Jesus more than Holy Spirit. You never have to worry that Holy Spirit will take you off into some different thing, or into some weird thing, or into some strange thing. He'll never do that. Why? Because his main objective in your life is to always reveal Jesus, to show you more of Jesus, to point to Jesus, right? Cuz no one loves Jesus more than Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about how how the Bible often uses words that can be translated wind or Holy Spirit. And we looked at the characteristics of wind and how it is very similar to the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, and so we talked about that last week. Today, we want to look at some scriptures and 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 see how how Holy Spirit, how he's how how there's there's actually three baptisms that we see in the Bible. There are there are actually three baptisms, and you may have never seen this before, um, but we're actually going to look at all three baptisms in the Bible. Before we do that, want to make mention that. The last few weeks, we've talked about a poll that, that was done by the George Barna Group. They are a research organization out of Venture, California. And one of the reasons this uh, this series is so important is because what that study found when they polled, not, they didn't just poll Americans, they polled Christians, church-going Christians. And here's what they found. They found that 75% of American Christians do not even believe that Holy Spirit exists. And we wonder why we become so ineffective in our world and in our culture and in our communities, because we have lacked the power and the presence of the most important person on earth today that comes to empower his church to live righteously and to do the works of God in the world, right? Right? And so with 25%, only 25% believing that he exists, this series has been very, very important because I don't want anybody that calls Victory Christian Center home, whether those of you that watch online regularly or those that attend every week, I don't want anyone to be part of the the. the uh, I, 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 I hate to say it The pathetic majority I want to be part of the prophetic minority I want to be part of the remnant I want to be part of the minority That believes in the person and work of Holy Spirit That experiences the person and work of the Holy Spirit Daily in and through our lives Amen, Amen. Alright So go ahead and, and turn to In your Bibles to, to Acts uh, chapter 19 Acts chapter 19 Turn to Acts 19. We're going to begin there in just a moment. And I'm just going to ask you to turn to one place today. Although we're going to be reading a lot more scriptures than Acts 19, all of the scriptures are going to be on the screen behind me. And um, if you're taking notes, you can just jot down the references and then read these uh, throughout the week during your personal uh, private study time. But Acts 19, an interesting verse because the, the statistic I just gave you, about 75% of American Christians don't believe Holy Spirit even, even exists. Um, we, we think that this is a, uh, two, a 2019 problem, but it isn't. It goes all the way back, even to the very, beginning, the very beginning of the first church, the early church. And in Acts chapter 19, verse one, it says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paulus was in Corinth, but Paul, he traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. Ephesus is located in modern-day Turkey. And Ephesus was on the coast, and there he found believers. Say believers. believers. He found believers. He found what we would call, what George Barna called, American Christians. Now, they weren't American, but they were Christians. They were followers of Jesus. But if you read verse 2, you'd find that they were part of that 75%. Because Paul asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they may have argued with him and said, well, yeah, we received Holy Spirit when we believed because Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you at salvation. But that's not what Paul asked them. And that's not what they responded in return. He understood that they were believers. They knew Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus. They were a follower of Jesus. But Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. Watch this. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We had no clue. We knew that there was God the Father. And we knew that there was God the Son. But the other one? We had no idea he even existed. And so that's why this series has been so integral and so important. So we want to unpack the scriptures today. And I want to show you three baptisms in the Bible. Because today is, if you didn't know, it's Pentecost Sunday. And if you don't know what that is, we're going to unpack that throughout the message here today as well. But I want us to look at first the three baptisms. And number one, the first baptism that I want you to see is that I want you to see that the first baptism is where Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. We call that the baptism of, not the baptism in, the Holy Spirit. So the first baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is when Holy Spirit baptizes us or places us, immerses us, into Jesus. What is this? This, my friend, is salvation. This is whenever you and I become born again, we experience this first baptism. In fact, we read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. It says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Not only is this speaking of the body of Christ, the church, but it's also speaking of Jesus, the body of Christ. That when we were born again, when you and I said yes to Jesus, when we became followers of Jesus Christ, whether you knew it or not, Holy Spirit played the most important role at the moment of your salvation. Holy Spirit was the catalyst He was the pursuer. He was the instigator. He was the one involved in the miracle of taking you and placing you in Jesus. He took you out of Adam. He took you out of the first Adam. The man that sinned. The man that you got your sinful nature from the man whose history, your history, was intertwined with. The one who brought death. He took you out of that Adam, and he placed you into the second Adam. The man, Jesus Christ. And now your history, if you're born again, your history is wrapped up in his history. You have eternal life because of Jesus. You have forgiveness of sins because of Jesus. You have a future with God, a right relationship with God because of Jesus. And it all Came about through the person of Holy Spirit. Go ahead and thank him for just a moment because he's that good. So, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's whenever a man, a woman, or a boy or a girl opens up their heart to Jesus, Holy Spirit does the miracle of taking us out of Adam and placing us into Jesus. Placing us in Jesus you thought, See you thought it was a good sermon That we preached a few, a few months ago You thought it was the preacher's message That got you saved It was none of that It was the person of Holy Spirit Who was chasing you down And convincing you of a need of a Savior I'm not that good I'm not the Savior I'm not Jesus I'm not Holy Spirit But I know Holy Spirit And he rides in messages like this Convincing people that they need a savior and jesus is the only one qualified to save people from their sin and save them from what they are their sinful nature holy spirit so the baptism of the holy spirit the first baptism we ever experience is whenever holy spirit takes us and places us completely immerses us or baptizes us into jesus that's salvation Here's the second baptism The second baptism, number two If you're taking notes, write this down If you're not taking notes, write this down Is when the disciple baptizes us in water When the disciple or another follower of Jesus Baptizes us into water Now that is the next step For someone who has experienced the first baptism Salvation If you've become a follower of Jesus, you've said yes to Jesus, your next step is to be water baptized, to be baptized completely, immersed in water. That's your next step. In fact, we want you to sign up for our next baptism because that's an important next step. It's good that you experience the first baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit— when Holy Spirit places you in Jesus, but there's more than just one baptism. There's a second baptism, and that's the baptism into water, right? The, 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 the first baptism deals with salvation. The second baptism, it is a public proclamation that the old man is cut off. The old man is cut off. What do we mean by old aunt? the old man is what we talked about when we talked about the first Adam who you used to be your whole future your whole history was wrapped up into Adam everything you are was because of Adam when Adam sinned and he fell took on a sinful nature death came into the world that was the old you the new you is found in Jesus you are a new creation the Bible says all things have been made new What's the Bible mean when it says all things have been made new? It means that your history has been made new. Your future has been made new. Your destiny has been made new. Your nature has been made new. You are a completely new person when you say yes to Jesus. You say, well, that's impossible. I know. But with God, nothing is impossible. It's unbelievable. I get it. But God is a miracle-working God. The greatest miracle that you and I can ever experience is the miracle of that first baptism when we're saved from our sins and then your next step is water baptism for a follower of jesus or a disciple to baptize you in water in fact in matthew twenty-eight nineteen, it says go therefore and make disciples of all nations or all ethnic groups baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit It's actually a command that God gives us to water-baptize people, to make disciples. In other words, go preach this gospel, and as you preach the gospel, people will experience the first baptism, and when they do, as they become followers of Jesus, then baptize them in water, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now let me share with you the third baptism, because remember I said that there are three. Say there are three. There are three. Many of you have experienced that first baptism. Some of you have taken your next step and experienced that second baptism. Maybe you didn't know that there was a third baptism. Well, there is. I'm going to share it with you right now. Here's number three. The third baptism is where Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but this baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is when Jesus comes and he baptizes us, those that are desiring of it, those that believe that this is God's gift for them. Jesus comes and baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. In fact, let's read some scriptures. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I indeed am baptize you with water unto repentance. Actually, this is John saying this. John the Baptist. John the Baptist is saying, I baptize you with water, but there is one who is coming after me. He's talking about Jesus. He's mightier than I. In fact, his sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. And he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, why did he say Holy Spirit and fire? John had never experienced this baptism, but he was a prophet, and he saw what these men and women would look like. Men and women baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he saw that fire was associated with it. When we think of fire, we think of something that's destructive. But... Fire also is something that brings warmth. Fire is also something that brings that that enables you to do things like cook, and and it's helpful. It's helpful. Fire is helpful. It lights the way. It it prepares meals for you. Fire is also when I think of fire, I think of passion. I, I think of something that is hot. I think of something that is passionate. I think of something that has life to it. And so when John said Holy Spirit and fire, what what he was saying is. That when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it'll come with fire. In other words, it'll come with power. It'll come with ability. It would come with help. It will come with gifts. You'll be able to do life with it. You'll be able to do something. It'll come with passion. It will come with with life. It won't be a dead, stale, dry, cold, frozen kind of thing. But no, it will have life to it. It's the Holy Spirit and fire. And John... Who actually was a Baptist Isn't that interesting? He says Jesus is coming And he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit And in fire Now here's what's interesting There are actually few things In all four gospels The gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Those four gospels They all tell the story Of Jesus' life on earth They all tell the story all with a little bit of a different perspective because there were four different authors. And because there are four different authors, you'll find some things that are very unique to Matthew, some that are unique to Mark, Luke, and John that you only find in those books. And then there are very few things, very few, that all four of them actually say or talk about. And I want you to see what one of those things are. We already read Matthew 3.11 where it says that Jesus will baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Mark 1.8. John said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if you're like me. When we read Matthew, Matthew said that John said, I'm not worried to carry Jesus' sandals. Luke comes around and says, No, what John said is I'm not worthy to loose the straps of his sandals. In other words, that was a minor detail. John said something about the shoes of Jesus. But here's what they got right. He's coming to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. They didn't get that one confused. This is what he came to do. John one thirty three. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So what what did we just do there? We just saw how then in all four Gospels, God thought this was so important for us not to miss that he included in every Gospel this third baptism. To let us know that there's a third baptism and that it is Jesus' exclusive right to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Now, the last scripture that we just read in John one thirty three, this is really powerful because the Bible says something very unique and very specific. It says, upon whom you see the Spirit, watch this, descending and remaining. Descending and remaining. Why is that significant? Because Jesus was the first. He was the first of a lot of things, but he was also the first in this very important thing. He was the first in, in in being someone who the Holy Spirit not only descended on him, but remained. See, because in the Old Testament, what you see in the Old Testament is you see in the Old Testament Holy Spirit descending on not all, but just a few, on some. One here, one there. But he didn't remain. He would would descend and then ascend. He would descend and then ascend. You see it in people's lives like Saul and others where Holy Spirit would come and then he would go. In fact, David would pray this prayer. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because in the Old Testament the old testament holy spirit would descend and then would go he would descend for a moment and you would see it that that when he when the holy spirit descended they those men or women would do things like win like win strategic battles or they would prophesy or they would do miracles very powerful things very amazing things but it never remained until jesus on jesus holy spirit remained and he was the first because in the New Testament, for people like you and I, we are living in a time of history where Holy Spirit is not descending and ascending. Descending and ascending. He's not coming one moment and leaving the next. We're living in a moment of history where Joel prophesied, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh for Him to rest on you and remain on you. It's not one day filled with the Holy Spirit and the next day you're No, he came to stay. He descended to remain like Jesus. He will remain in your life and on your life and endue you with power to do the works of God. Somebody give him praise for just a moment. It's a powerful thing. It's so powerful that when John the Baptist... That we just read about in all four Gospels who knew that Jesus' assignment was to baptize in the Holy Spirit. When John saw Jesus, what did John ask Jesus for? To be baptized? Do you think John was thinking to be baptized in water? No. He knew the baptism that Jesus brought. See, John was a prophet. And when he looked prophetically into this moment in history... He saw men and women that were so amazing that Jesus would say about us, our generation, the least of us is greater than John the Baptist, and John was the greatest. But the least in this, in this kingdom, the least in this generation is greater than he. Why? Because we're men and women who if we open up with hunger and desire and passion and thirst for God, he will give us the gift of Holy Spirit. He will descend. He will remain. He will endure us to do the greater works that Jesus said we can do. When John saw that, he says, I want that, Jesus. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1 are the very last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven after his resurrection. Let's listen to what he says. Luke 24, 49, he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What's he talking about? He's talking about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. And Jesus said, I'm going to send him. But tarry, or in other words, wait... In the city of Jerusalem, until when? Until you are endued with power from on high. Let's read Acts 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, Jesus commanded his disciples, and listen, this was about 500 people. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Here we see that word again. In Luke 2, 24, 49, he says, Terry. In Acts 1, 4, he says, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. I've told you this already. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the last words of Jesus... Were not go. It was wait. Wait until you experience the third baptism. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because if you go without him, you will accomplish nothing. You will do nothing. Because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. So his last words weren't go, his last words were wait. You wait, you receive power from on high, the Holy Spirit, and then you go. Wait. And I want to show you quickly how these three baptisms happened in people's lives. All three baptisms. We're actually going to read scripture that will have all three of these baptisms in those scriptures. Let's look at Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, this is Peter, after, uh, after the day of Pentecost, Peter is now preaching to many people, to a crowd. And the Bible says that when they heard this message of Peter, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now isn't it interesting that the Bible says that when they heard that message, they were cut to the heart because there are many messages that will touch your head. But then there are some messages that will cut your heart. We live in a culture and in a generation where people want their heads touched. And we leave with more information. We want our ears tickled. But God wants to cut our heart. He wants to circumcise our heart. It may hurt and it may, may be more brutal than just him touching our head. But transformation comes when you let God's word cut your heart. And so the Bible says they were cut to the heart. Acts 2, let's continue to read verse 38. Because they asked the question, what shall we do? And so Peter said to them, let's look at the three baptisms. Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you see three of them there? The first baptism is repent. Turn. Change the way you think. Repent. Come to Jesus. First baptism. Second, every one of you then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's water baptism. And here's the third. And then receive the gift of Holy Spirit. That's the third baptism. For the promise, verse 39, is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, we just read that verse, and it went over most of our heads. But did you catch that? That Peter said, this isn't just for you. First century people. This is also for your children. This is generational. But not only is it for your children, it's to all of those who are afar off. And not only that, it's for as many as the Lord our God will call. If you ever wanted to see yourself in the Bible, you just found yourself. Peter said that you are included in this promise. That you are included in this baptism. That you are included in this gift. You are the ones that are far off. I'm the one that's afar off. And I'm also one that believes in the same gospel. And Peter is saying this gift, this promise was not just reserved for the few in first century church in Jerusalem. But it is for all of us who are far off in in Youngstown, in northeast Ohio, western Pennsylvania, in the state of Ohio, and the United States, it's for us 2,000 years later. Acts 8.5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Let's jump down to verse 12. But when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Let's look at verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Are you you seeing all three baptisms at work? Philip preaches the gospel to people, they become followers of Jesus. He then takes them on their next step. They get water baptized. And then, and then John and Peter come, the Bible says. That he, these are already followers of Jesus. These are already people that Holy Spirit took and baptized them in Jesus. Then they were water baptized. And then Peter and John come and they pray for them. Why? So that they may receive the third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16. For as yet he had fallen upon, upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why did John and Peter pray for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Because the Bible says that he had not come on any of them yet. They were born again, they were saved, they were water baptized, but they hadn't yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I hear what some of you are saying, Pastor, isn't that dangerous? Isn't that something dangerous? Isn't it dangerous? my answer to you is yes yes it is dangerous the baptism in the Holy Spirit is dangerous it's dangerous to depression it's dangerous to anxiety it's dangerous to worry It's dangerous to broken marriages and broken families and wounded hearts. It's dangerous to addictions. It's dangerous to cancer. It's dangerous to incurable diseases. It's dangerous to confused and fear-bound hearts and minds. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to the devil. It's dangerous to demons. It's dangerous to darkness. But for us, for you and me, it is the promise of God, the Gift of God for us to live righteous in an unrighteous generation. Somebody give God thanks for the promise of Holy Spirit. Hey I, I've come back, I've come back from, from speaking in other countries. With stories, listen, with stories of miracles, of demons being cast out of people. And I come back with those stories, and and here's what I get asked by American churchgoers Pastor, very sincere. Why don't we see that stuff in America? Why, Why don't we see that stuff in America? Well, maybe because 75% of us don't even know that he exists. Pastor Juan doesn't have power to pray for the sick or to cast out demons or, or to do anything miraculous. It's not Pastor Juan that saves. It's not Pastor Juan that heals. That is Jesus, and he's given us the person of Holy Spirit to empower us to do the works of Christ. Why doesn't it happen in America? I don't know. Maybe because demons look at us and say, They're no threat. They're not dangerous. They they are completely sidelined to do anything. They're no threat. And so we'll just do what we care to do and have our own way. But that's changing. I'm saying that that's changing. That God is wanting to raise up a church that is dangerous to hell and dangerous to the devil and dangerous to poverty and dangerous to addiction and dangerous to cancers and sickness and disease. Acts chapter 19. There were a group of people, followers of Jesus. We read the scriptures already. Acts 19, 1 and 2. Acts 19, 1 and 2. These were followers of Jesus, and when Paul asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed, they said, we have not so much as heard. We didn't know he existed, Paul. God we know, Jesus we know. We don't know Holy Spirit. Let's see what happened. And he said to them, verse three, into what then were you baptized? So they said, John's baptism. They were already baptized, Salvation. And they were also water baptized. Verse 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized you with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Now, that's, that's, that's the issue there, isn't it? Because there's some say, well, I don't want to speak in tongues and prophesy. Because it's abnormal. And, and I get it. I understand it. But here's what we're missing. The gift is Holy Spirit. And although tongues and prophecy and the gifts, because Holy Spirit comes and he comes with gifts... Although he does come with gifts. Listen, it takes faith for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And it takes faith for you to be able to exercise these gifts. It does. But see, we think that Holy Spirit is only given for this. We're celebrating Pentecost Sunday today. And the truth is that most of us in this room, and I don't fault you. You didn't go to Bible college. I mean, you know, we just, we don't know this stuff. We just don't know this stuff. We don't even know what Pentecost commemorates what it celebrates three major jewish festivals jewish feasts in fact let me let me rephrase that because when i say three major jewish festivals we think that we have nothing to do with them three major biblical festivals is that better that god said i want you to remember these festivals yearly keep them three major ones seven in all but three major ones Passover, what's Passover? The original Passover was when the death angel went throughout the land of Egypt. But Israel, because they slayed a lamb, they killed a lamb and applied its blood on the door, on the, on the top of the door frame and on the side, that looks like a cross, interesting. Because they applied the blood on their homes, the death angel passed over their home. And not one died. Passover. That's the celebration. And God said, I want you to remember that. I want you to remember Passover. And when the angel passed over, that's when Pharaoh let God's people go. And Moses led them out. He led them out. He led them out. And you know the whole story of them crossing the Red Sea miraculously. And then exactly 50 days from the night of Passover, 50 days... Passover happens one night. Passover happens 50 days. Fast forward 50 days, and what's happening? Exodus 19. God calls Israel. Listen to this. Listen. God looks at Israel, and he says, Hey, Israel, congregation, I want all of you to come up to the mountain with Moses. What's up on the mountain? What what does Israel see? They see cloud. They see a smoke. They see lightning, they see fire They see a shaking of the mountain And all of Israel gets freaked out God is saying, I want, I want you to experience my presence on Mount Sinai I want all of you to come up Read the Bible it actually, God actually says, I want all of Israel to come And Israel looked at Moses and said, Moses, you go for us Because that freaks us out Does that sound like anything? Pastor Juan, it's okay if you are wired by the Holy Spirit. Leave us alone because that freaks us out. You go for us. Moses, you go to the mountain for us. You meet with God for us. And then you come back and tell us what he says. 50 days from Passover, Moses is up on the mountain and God gives him the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Pentecost celebrates, commemorates that event. event. Pentecost, or in the Hebrew, Shavuot, is the celebration of the giving of the law. The celebration of God giving his people the law. Now the mistake that Israel made was they said, we will do everything that you've asked us to do. Why is that a mistake? Because they couldn't. As God was giving Moses the law on tablets of stone, as he was writing the very first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me, Israel was down at the bottom of the mountain creating an idol, a calf out of gold, breaking the first one. In fact, when Moses came down, he threw both tablets on the ground and says, oh God, what did you call me to lead? They couldn't do it. That's what Pentecost commemorates, the giving of the law. Well, then how is the Holy Spirit wired into all of that? How did the Holy Spirit get involved in this? It's because the prophet prophesied that there's coming of a day where God is not going to write the law on stone, but he's going to write them in hearts of flesh. So, in other words, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just for us to be all, you know, get weird and funny with. Him. No, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is because He knows that we can't keep the law, but He gives us the baptism in the Holy Spirit so that we can walk righteous in an unrighteous generation. I'm telling you that if you have a hard time with addictions and with sin and you're back and forth, you're in and out, I don't know if I'm saved or not saved. I come to church for six months and then I relapse. Listen, sir, listen, ma'am, what you need is the baptism in the Holy Spirit and allow God to write His laws in your hearts so that you can be strong and firm and steady and move forward with what God has for your life. That's, that's That's what Pentecost celebrates. The giving of the law. The giving of Holy Spirit. Listen, if you don't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you're a follower of Jesus, do you know how you deal with living right and sin? Your default is shame and guilt. That's your default. But when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, your default becomes there is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Holy Spirit reminds you of that. And he convinces you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He convinces you that the enemy of your soul has been defeated. And there is no longer any condemnation, any stronghold, any bondage that has to keep you bound. You can walk with power and walk with faith and walk with Jesus. You can do it. You can do it. There's some people here, your story is the baptism in the Holy Spirit saved your life. Jesus saved your soul, but Holy Spirit saved your life. You say, Pastor, do you want me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I definitely do. I do. Counseling would go down. Giving would go up. Sickness and disease would go down calling on pastors to pray for this and pray for that, it would go down. Why? You'd be empowered to do the work of the ministry. Poverty in our communities would drop. Hospitals would get emptied out. Prisons would get emptied out. We'd We'd begin to see that there's more to life and there's more to faith. And oh my God, there's more to God than I've ever known because His Holy Spirit has empowered me to live this life not anemic, not dry, not stale, not ineffective, but full of power and full of hope. You say, "Well, pastor, that, that happened 2,000 years ago. That happened 2,000 years ago. I can't experience it because it happened 2,000 years ago. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you be saved? Because that happened 2,000 years ago too. Do you need Jesus? Yes. Can you receive Jesus? Yes. Do you need Holy Spirit? Yes. Can you receive Holy Spirit? Yes. And so today we want to pray for you. All over this room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, The reason I ask you to close your eyes and bow your head is to give you privacy. I simply want you to just have your own private moment right now with God. And I want you to ask this question in your head, in your mind. I want you to see Jesus. And I want you to ask him, Jesus, what do you want? What are you saying to me through this message? And whatever he says to you, do it. For some of you, for some of you, it's saying yes to the first baptism, that's salvation. You're not yet a follower of Jesus. Friend, that needs to change and it needs to change this morning. And what it will take is you making a decision in just a moment to respond to prayer and say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I'll pray for you, but I can't unless you do yourself one important favor And I'll ask you that in just a moment. There are others of you that when you ask Jesus that question, Jesus, what are you saying to me through this message? He's saying to you, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'll do that for you. Jesus will do that for you if you desire it and if you're hungry for it. And what we'll do in just a moment, when we stand to our feet in just a moment, if you're here today and you need Jesus or and or you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if that's you here today, when we stand to our feet together, what I'm going to ask you is to just come out of your seat and come down quickly. In fact, let's do that right now. Let's all stand to our feet. Those of you that desire prayer, you need Jesus or you desire to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, come down now quickly. Come on. From the back, you come down. That's awesome. Come on. Let's celebrate those that are coming this morning. Just come quickly. Come, come, come. Come. Come on down. Meet me right here. Right up front. Come, come, come. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. All right. How exciting is this, guys? We are believing God for 50 people. Pentecost is 50 days from Passover. And in both services, we're believing for 50 people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Eight received it on Wednesday night. 48 children received it a few weeks ago in Victory Kids. Uh. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask some of you on our prayer team, I'm going to ask you to come and just don't touch these folks, just stand behind them. And here's what we're going to do in just a moment. In just a moment, we're going to pray for any person that needs prayer for any reason. We're going to do that in just a moment. But first, we're just going to take a minute to pray for these folks who have come because they desire either to start a relationship with Jesus or to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just going to ask for a few prayer team members to stand behind them just like that. And then I want the rest of the prayer team, the rest of the prayer team, to just stand over here off to the side facing the congregation. You guys are doing perfectly. Those of you that are standing behind these folks, that's perfect. And then the rest of you can just go ahead and fan out. Here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, guys, we're going to pray a prayer. Those, there's some of you up here, you've already experienced Salvation. You're a follower of Jesus. And so, but this first prayer, we want to pray for those that are making a decision to follow Jesus. If you're here up front, and maybe you're in your seat, and you've not yet become a follower of Jesus, we're going to start there. We're going to experience that first baptism, when Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you in His Son, Jesus. And then after that, here's what we're going to (coughs) do. After that, We're going to pronounce a blessing And those that want to receive prayer For any other reason We're going to pray for them And then we're also going to pray For those of you who come You've come to receive the baptism In the Holy Spirit And Jesus is going to baptize you In the Holy Spirit But first we're going to pray A prayer of faith A prayer to receive Jesus Christ As your Lord and Savior You need two things For this prayer to be effective Faith Which you already have Pastor how do you know I have faith Well because you walked in front of all these people To say yes to Jesus That takes faith And second sincerity Own this prayer meaning with all of your heart Close your eyes With me Church help me help them I want you to say this out loud Those of you that are beginning your relationship with Jesus I want you to say this out loud with me Say this Father God here I am today Just as I am, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Forgive me, Jesus, of what I've done. Wash my sins away with your blood. But deal with me, Jesus, with what I am a sinner in need of a savior. Your cross delivers me from what I am. I want to follow you, Jesus. I believe that you died for me and you rose again and I want to be. I want to be born again. I want to live for you, Jesus. From this day forward, I give you my life. Holy Spirit, place me in Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here's what we're going to do. You pray that prayer. You pray that prayer. Yeah, tears. Tears. Because you're coming home, honey. You're coming home. You're coming home. (laughs) Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give any person that needs prayer for any other reason. There may be some of you here, you need a fresh touch from God. You need a fresh touch from God. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your finances, whatever it is. Maybe, it's, maybe you need healing, physical healing. If you need prayer for any reason, we'll pray for you. You don't have to be a member of Victory to receive prayer. We'll pray for you if you need prayer. Anyone on our prayer team, will pray for you. So, honey, I'm going to invite you to come up. We're going to bless everyone and then open up these altars for you to receive prayer. Those of you that came to the altar to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, in fact, all of you, just stay here. We're going to pray with you specifically. You will receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit because that's Jesus. That's his, that's his work. That's what he does. And so he's going to do that this morning. And we'll also pray for any of you that need prayer for any reason. And we'll do that as soon as, as, soon as we get done with this blessing. Keep your eyes open as we bless you today. Friends and family, Victory Christian Center. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you be those that he pours out his spirit upon in a fresh, dynamic, new way. May you be dangerous. To the kingdom of darkness. May you be dangerous. To the devil and his demons. May you be dangerous. To sickness. To disease. To poverty. To brokenness. To anxiety. To worry. May you be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. And may you delight in the kingdom of his son. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Know him. Know his work. And make him known, Change your community, Change and transform your world. Be blessed and be a blessing in Jesus name. And everyone said, "Amen, amen and amen, come on, if you need prayer for any reason, you just come. Those of you that are from, we're going to pray for you right now to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So just right where you're standing. I just want you to stand like this, like you're getting ready to receive a gift. Just stand just like that. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. And in the same way that you need faith to receive that first baptism, in that same way, you need faith for this baptism. The baptism in the Holy Spirit takes faith.